Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. do this, man. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. Even when the fool walks on the road, he lacks sense, and he says to everyone that he is a fool. If the anger of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your place, for calmness will lay great offenses to rest. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun, as it were an error proceeding from a ruler. Folly is set in many high places, and the rich sit in a low place. I have seen slaves on horses, and princes walking on the ground like slaves. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and a serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. He who quarries stones is hurt by them, and he who splits logs is endangered by them. If the iron is blunt, and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps one to succeed. If the serpent bites before it is charmed, there is no advantage to the charmer. The words of a, of a wise man's mouth win in favor, but the lips of a fool consume him. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness, and the end of his talk is evil madness. A fool multiplies words, though no man knows what is to be. And who can tell him what will be after him? The toil of a fool wearies him, for he does not know the way to the city. Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child, and your princes feast in the morning. Happy are you, O land, when your king is the son of the nobility, and your princes feast in the proper time, for strength and not for drunkenness. Through sloth the roof sinks in, and through indolence the house leaks. Bread is made for laughter, and wine gladdens life, and money answers everything. Even in your thoughts, do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich. For a bird in the air will carry your voice, and some winged creature tell the matter. Thank you. That's the word of God. So let's pray, and let's jump into this, because we got a lot. Okay? God, we love you, and we thank you for your word. Uh, open our eyes this morning after you know, we've, we've read it and we're going to talk through it. Open our eyes that we can see awesome things from it. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, so here we go. We have the preacher, right? This, this Ecclesiastes is a book. This preacher wrote it. Son of David. And almost all, I mean, almost all the way through this book, it's like question after question after question, not a ton of answers. Uh, and they're like questions that cause us to think about things we don't even really want to think about, and it's been a kind of a tough journey, but a good one. Well, in Ecclesiastes, starting in chapter 10 and even on through 11 and 12, we actually start to get what I would say are, are some answers, which is good. I like it. Um, so if some of you are like trying to wrap your mind around, okay, this preacher, this son of David, what are we talking about here? I want you to just think this morning, we're going to go to breakfast with uh, maybe like a hybrid character or one or two of these guys. Uh, maybe we're going to sit this morning with, with Gandalf or Yoda. I'll probably say Yoda more than Gandalf this morning, okay? But we're, we're, like, like we're a room full of young Jedis. We're trying to figure this out. And we are going to get nugget after nugget of wisdom here about living. 
And it starts, I, I want to set the stage here with, with something we haven't talked a ton about here, but uh, as we look at, at, at verse 1, dead flies make a perfumer's ointment, give off stench, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. We are talking about an honor-shame culture here. Who would have been the readers or the hearers of this? And what do I mean by that? I'm going to break, I, I want to just, this is going to be oversimplified and I get that, but just stay with me. The impact of, of, of folly versus wisdom, which is what we're going to talk about today. The impact of folly verse, uh, versus wisdom in a shame-honor culture is that the decisions or the actions of foolishness, they, they impact way more than the individual. And it's kind of foreign to us because we live in such an individualistic society. See, the, the actions of a fool would represent the family, not just the family. They would even go so far as to represent the village. And even f- further out, the whole community will be represented and be affected by foolish actions. So, so to even hear a phrase like, well, what I'm doing is not really hurting anyone. It, this would make no sense to anyone. Really, anyone, if you go back probably 200 years and all the, all the way to Adam, that doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's a new concept. And I want us to just think about that. As we look into foolishness and wisdom this morning. So verse 1. Dead flies make a perfumer's ointment, give off stench. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. And I just want to talk to those of you right now who might just be kind of in a season of your life. And you're thinking, man, my life actually stinks right now. Now I'm not saying this is just, uh, just emphatically your situation. But it could be based off of scripture. Um, that there's some foolishness in your life. And I, I'm not even saying a lot of foolishness. Flies are not that big. And, and this here speaks to just a tiny little bit of foolishness that messes up everything. Does your life stink right now? This, this speaks to what we know about where you can spend 20 years building a reputation and you can spend 20 seconds ruining it. A dead fly gives off stench now when we think perfume here don't think about what you're going to go buy at the mall for for your mom for christmas or anything like that uh, th- th- this is different this is more oilish like then these these would have been kept in big vats and, and used uh for more than just going out on dates or anything like that um and, and when a fly would get into this it's not like it made the ointment less good it, it ruined the whole darn thing just a tiny little fly would have ruined it Young Jedis this morning, I think that Yoda might say this in light of that. That actually folly and wisdom is not just a matter of, oh, I messed it up a little bit, I'll try to get it better next time. No, no, listen to me. Folly and wisdom are actually a matter of death and life. It's that big of a deal. See, Proverbs 16.25 says, there's a way that seems right to all of us. We think we're doing it right. Uh, we're not, and the end of that way actually leads to death. See, wisdom and folly is a matter of death and life. You've got to evaluate, does my life stink right now? Because you're, there's probably something going on. And the reality is, here's another reality. Somebody's probably told you what's going on, and you're just not listening. And it stinks, and you need to get the foolishness out. Verse 2, a wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's uh, to the left so, so this tells us that actually wisdom or lack of wisdom has nothing to do uh, with mental deficiency. This is about the heart. See, wisdom and foolishness is about the heart. So 
Would it be that Yoda might ask us this morning, could we evaluate and and say, which way does your heart lean? Do you have a bent toward foolishness? You need to pay attention to that. Even when a fool, verse 3 says, walks on the road, he lacks sense and he says to everyone that he is a fool. You see the foolishness that that the preacher tells us about here. This is a foolishness that's not easily disguised. See, when you see the word walk in the Bible or walks on the road, that actually speaks to a lifestyle. That's not a person going up and down national going, hey, I'm an idiot. I'm a fool. Hey. Okay? That's not how it works. But you can look at a person's lifestyle. You can look at the pattern of their life and it screams, I'm an idiot. It just does. Proverbs 13, 20, whoever walks with the wise will become wise but a companion of fools suffers harm see this type of foolishness is harmful listen we have some parents in here let me talk to you for a minute parents you have to teach your kids who they can be friends with and who they cannot be friends with it's not a free-for-all here's a here is a conversation in my house right now he is not your friend be friendly to him Treat him kindly. He's not your friend. Well, why, Dad? Because you don't get to be friends with fools. Now, some of you are like, I know your kids. And, like, you're talking about a nine-year-old? Yes. I'm talking about a nine-year-old. Parents, listen, you, you, you got to allow your kids to be friends with some people and not allow them to be friends with others unless you want them to suffer harm. There's a theme that we're going to see developing here throughout this, uh, this whole chapter. And the theme is this. We're going to look at kind of two different things, right? The words or the things that wise people say and don't say. And then we're going to look at the works or the things that, that wise people do or, or don't do. So the words of the wise and the works of the wise. Now if you look at uh, 5 through 7, we got this little chunk before we really jump into this. Where, where the preacher says this. There's an evil that I've seen under the sun, as it were. An heir proceeding from the ruler, folly is set in high places, and the rich sit in a low place. I've seen slaves on horses and princes walking on the ground as slaves. Now, don't, don't think, don't, don't let your mind go to a place where like rich people awesome, poor people not. No, no, no. Listen, this, this is the wisest person on the planet going, man, I am seeing something that's so off. Like it's flipped in a way that it should never be flipped. And it's actually evil. It's the height of foolishness. So let me ask you this question. Does wisdom have a voice in our culture? Okay, let me ask you the exact same question in a different way. Does the Bible have a voice in our culture? No, it doesn't. And it's evil when wise people are elevated and here's the reality this is going to sound harsh I don't want this to sound harsh I'm not trying to sound mean I just need to we all know what I'm getting ready to say to be true we just don't really say stuff like this out loud okay Um, some people are superior in just skill and wisdom and effectiveness than other people it's just the reality that's that's not speaking to anybody's you know we're all creating the image of God I know all that that's yes, but the reality is some people are more helpful than others. 
Some people have inferior skills and ideas. And some people have superior skills and ideas. And the preacher would say this, it's stupidity. When one of them people are elevated who does not have those ideas that are superior and wise, and one is elevated who actually has ideas and ways that are inferior and foolish. Let me give an example. Some of you might know this. Some of you may not. Who is this on the screen? Shout it out. Of course not. Let's show Baraka. This dude has got some great lyrics. Lyrics full of wisdom. He's a phenomenal artist. Talented. Crickets. Now listen, some of you are going to be quiet when I show this next picture. Don't be. I know you know who this is. Who is it? Listen to me. This is a 100% fool on the screen. She's a fool. I couldn't even find a picture from the neck down to be appropriate for this church. And here's our world. Oh, Cardi B. Like drool over her. We drool over her. She's a fool. It's an evil thing under the sun. When fools are exalted and people are wise, we don't even know their name. It's foolish. It's evil. We transition to what is it then that wise people do and what is it that wise people say. Let me start with the words of the wise. And might I say this, there isn't a lyric that Cardi B sings that is wise. Look at verse 12. We're going to bounce back and forth. This is kind of how chapter 10 goes. It's not in order. Verse 12. The words of a wise man's mouth win him favor, but the lips of a fool consume him. Now don't read that and think, oh, if I'm smart, I can get stuff. That's not how that really reads as it is written. Really the way that would, that would read is that the words of a wise man, or, the, or the, the words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. Some of you may have those, those footnotes in your Bible there. In other words, wisdom will give you words that will when, that, actually enable you to give something, not to get something. Words of wisdom will enable you to give grace. Contrast that with the fool's words who will actually destroy him. You see, here's what we know about words. Once they are spoken and once they go, they cannot be caught and brought back. We've all been there, right? We say this, we're like, oh, no. so I hunt, I hunt with my kids, right? And one of the lessons, like, if, when, it, when it's time to shoot, right? Here's, here it is. That, that's what does it. And once this happens, the bullet's gone. And look at me. Once this happens, there is no bringing back the bullet. And, and the damage it sets out to do, it will do. That's a very important lesson that I try to teach them as, as we hunt. Listen to me. Words. Look at me. I'm telling you, words have done way more damage on this planet than bullets. And once they go, they go. James chapter 3. Just go read James. He's like, your mouth, your tongue is a fire. In a very poetic way, he, he says, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. 
So much damage. So much damage can be done. You can, you can go see this. Look, look, look at, go, go, on the, go to the end of the chapter, verse 20. Even, even in your thoughts, do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich, for a bird of the air will carry your voice, or some winged creature tell the manner. Listen, I can't explain this. This is where we get that little phrase, a little birdie told me, okay? I can't explain this, and I'm not saying this happens a lot at this church, but I'm just telling you, Daniel and me and Michael, we know. We know when you talk about us. Why? Because there are little birdies all over this church, and there are some medium-sized birdies, and there are some big birdies. And they tell us. And when those words go out, the damage is done. Verse 13. This is talking about a fool here. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness. And the end of his talk is evil madness. Now when you see that and it says, okay, the beginning of his talk is foolishness and the end, uh, or at the end of his talk is madness, that means everything in between is jacked up too. Okay? Which means this, this is talking about a pattern of speech or a pattern of, uh, of how you speak. Now listen, we talk heavily about this. If you've been in our covenant member class, man, we talk heavily about gossip. And that's, it, it is so gross. And it, listen, it will, it'll rip a church apart, gossip. And I just remember hearing a ton of sermons growing up about gossip. But, but there's a new thing here that we need to talk about just briefly, okay, when it comes uh, to this habits of speech. You would have never heard this 30 years ago on, in any church, but we have to talk about it now. And it's social media. I think that our master Jedi would look at us and go, please quit. Or he would reverse it and go, quit please. I don't know how he does that. Listen, it's disgusting. And I'm talking to the people of God. The Bible says this, they will know us by our love. And I'm not seeing it on Facebook. What's your habit of speech? Look at verse 14. This kind of goes with that, right? A fool multiplies words. Though no man knows what is to be or who can tell him what will be after him. Everybody's an expert on social media. Here's my here, here's a point. Here's what I want you to get in, in verse 14, okay? If you don't get this. I, I'll listen. I'm going to talk to guys here for a minute. And I know it's overgeneralization, but just stay with me here, okay? Look, guys, it is not a badge of honor to say whatever comes to your mind, okay? I know your Uncle Billy thinks it is, okay? Yeah, and you're going to be with them all your family at Christmas, and one of the badges of honor of one of your family members, oh, he just says whatever he thinks, okay? That means he's a fool. That's what the Bible says. Proverbs says this, when words are many, transgressions are not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips, that guy's prudent. That's a prudent woman who can restrain her lips. If we don't 
like it enough from the word of God. Plato figured it out. He thought he was a genius. All he was doing is saying what God said long before him. Wise men speak because they have something to say. Fools because they have to say something. What we say tells a lot about us. Are we foolish? Or are we wise? But it's not just what we say that reveals a lot about us. What we do says a lot about us. And our Yoda will address this this morning. Go to verse 4. If the anger of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your place, for calmness will lay great offense to rest. Now listen, those of you who are aged in the room, I'll use that, you, you figure out what I mean by that. You, you'll understand this because you've probably experienced this. Some of you are younger, you haven't, maybe you haven't experienced this yet, maybe you have. But, but here, here's, here it is, right? There's going to be a time, okay, where, where somebody's going to be in charge of you and that person's going to be a jerk. He's going to get mad all the time or she's going to get mad all the time. They're going to fly off the handle. You have no idea what to expect. That's coming. It could be your boss right now. It could be a teacher. It could be a professor. It could be a coach. It could be a pastor. I don't know. Hope not. But when something happens that you don't like and your immediate reaction is, this, no way! This can't be. Like, I've got rights. I don't, forget it. I'm out of here. I think the Bible would say that's foolish. And I would go even further and say this. If, you're, if you run, if you leave, if you get out, I'm talking about your job, I'm talking about whatever it is, you quit the team, whatever that is, okay, um, you are never going to have any kind of lasting impact because if you do it once, you'll do it again. And here's the reality for the life of a Christian. We talk about God's will a lot, don't we? God's will. I want to know God's will for my life. I know most of you, when you say that, you actually mean God's plan because God's will is plainly written down in Scripture. You know exactly what to do. Okay? Now listen to me. Here's what I do know. That mo for most of us, God's will will not be. If you're looking and you're going, okay, there's the easiest path. I think that's God will, God's will. You're probably missing it. So when you have this boss or this person in charge, and you're like, okay, the, you're never going to have any impact. And likely you're not going to be in God's will. And here, here's why. Because if you will respond to that correctly, the way we're told to respond here, with calmness, with self-control, or maybe how Proverbs 15 says, a, a soft answer turns away wrath or proverbs 16 14 a king's wrath is a messenger of death and a wise man will appease it you see why would people of god want to just not run every time because here's what's going to happen if you respond with grace remember those words of grace i talked about if you respond and that's how you respond over and over again eventually that person in charge is going to go man i can't shake that guy like he no one else responds to me the way he does what a she, she always responds with grace and reacts with calmness. That's not normal. Like, something's got to be different with these people. Yes. See, now we're getting somewhere, and now we can make some impact that can never be had if you just run.
Verse 8, he who digs a pit will fall into it and a serpent will bite him who breaks through the wall. When you see that phrase, dig a pit in a Bible, you should, you should perk up, right? This, happen, this has happened in multiple places in the Bible. So simply go look at Joseph in the Old Testament, but that's not the only place. When we see the word dig a pit, our mind should go to this. This is an act of deceit. This is an act of deception. This is an act of betrayal. So, so, so he who does this, who, who makes a plan to do something evil, here's what's going to happen. It's going to come back against him. When, when this little verse talks about walls, walls are made to protect. Anytime you read about walls in the Bible, these were these things that were made to protect. A city that didn't have them was an actual mockery. And what, what would happen is you'd have this fool would come in and he'd break a hole into a wall hoping he would cause the people harm who was on the other side. But then it said, no, actually a serpent came through the wall and bit him. What is this saying? Hear me. Foolishness and folly is self-destructive eventually. Newton's third law. We know this, right? For every action, there's equal and opposite reaction, right? Okay. So here's a biblical, here's, here's Bible law today. For every act of folly or foolishness, there's an equal reaction of self-destruction. Eventually. Because I know some of you are like, man, I'm hearing this, and I know a fool, man, and like, it seems like he is thriving. Yeah, it might be, but no, the Bible says this, God will not be mocked. Eventually, he will fall into his pit. I promise you, if you think you've gotten away with it, you haven't. You haven't. Folly is self-destruction. Look at verse 9. He who quarries stone is hurt by them. He who splits logs is endangered by them. I don't think this is terribly deep here. I think, I think this is kind of what the preacher's done to us all along. He just brings us back to re- reality. And it's this. We could be doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing and still suffer harm. You, you could be working. And uncontrollable things can happen in the workplace. Uncontrollable things can happen at your university. It's, it's just part of life. That's just kind of how the preacher's at. Don't forget this. But if you, look, if you pair that with verse, at the end of verse 10 where, where he says, we'll talk about it in a minute, but wisdom helps one succeed. I mean, the reality is this. In general, if you're wise, it, you're, it's gonna, it, will lend your, it will lend itself to success. Are you with me? Yes, some junk can happen. Stay wise. Verse 10. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one succeed. You guys are probably way too young. Did anybody have to chop wood as a kid? Because I did, and I have, I've still got to work through some of this count with some counseling. Like, my dad would make me chop wood. Like, we didn't have the automatic wood splitters. You know what I mean? Like this huge auger thing. I look at it, I'd be like, this the end of the, it's like the next dullest thing he could have given me would have been a baseball bat. <laughs> like, go get this wood split. It's cold outside, right? I had to do this. I don't even think that has anything to do with what I'm getting ready to say. I just need to work through that with you guys. <laughs> what are you doing to sharpen? I'm going to start with college, okay? Listen to me. Uh, listen, if you're not in college, I'm coming after you. Just relax for a minute. What are you doing to sharpen? In other words, this, why are you in college? Because if you're there for an experience, 
I love you, you're a fool. That's not why you go to college. If you're just there because you don't have a clue, you are wasting time, you're wasting energy, you're wasting money. You need to be in college to sharpen. That's what you should be doing right now, being sharpened. Well, I'd like to go study abroad. I don't even think that's a thing. That's a phrase that doesn't mean anything. I'm conv- I've known some people who studied abroad. They, you know what I mean? Like they mountain climb and hike. College should be to sharpen you, to get you ready to work. Don't be a fool. I love you guys. Right? I do. That's not me knocking you. I love you guys. You should say, thank you. Thank you, Pastor, for those words. You're welcome. (laughs) Hey, some of y'all, some of y'all married people. Uh, Here's the reality. Your marriage is dull. Like, you need some sparks. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a secret message. I'm saying exactly what I'm saying here. You need some sparks. Listen, Jane and I, we've, there have been times in our marriage we look at each other and we, we, we literally, we knew, like, because we just know each other. We're like, okay, so it seems like we've just been roommates here for a couple months, right? You know what that means? That means I got to get, kids got to go to Meemaw's, okay? And mom and daddy got to go to the shed and we got to sharpen this axe. I'm just telling you, some of y'all's marriages are dull, and you need to get away, and you need to get sharpened. I'm not sorry. Verse 11, if a serpent bites before its charm, there is no advantage to the charmer. What's he saying here? Listen, a charmer would have been a person that had a very unique skill and ability, Okay. We don't do this now. We don't really know what this is. But that was, this, this was a thing, right? And, and when your skill and your ability is not used in a timely manner, the Bible says that's foolish. You all have skill. You have a gift. You have an ability. You need to use it in a timely manner. Foolishness and folly delays when it's time to proceed and people get hurt. That's what this is saying. So let me just give you some things that I think are very practical. Some of you are scared. You're paralyzed by fear right now. What do I mean by that? I think some of you have not invested because you're scared. And I'm talking literally like invested your money and invested, and it's because you're scared and you're not doing it. I think some of you have been thinking about starting a business, and you have the skill and you have the ability to do it, but fear is controlling you, and you're not doing it. And the Bible think just practically says, man, that's foolish. I think the people of God have to be people who are willing to take risk and step out on faith. Well, how do I know the difference if if it's the right time or wrong time? Wisdom, a lot of prayer. But I know this, for a lot of you, you're just sitting still doing nothing, and that's foolish. You have a skill, you have ability, you need to use it. And you, you go to 15, 18, 19. These I kind of lump together. I think they're, they're kind of all connected. The toil of a fool wearies him. He does not know the way to the city. Verse 15. Then he gets to verse 18. Through sloth, the roof sinks in, and through indolence, the house leaks. Bread is made for laughter, and wine glads life, and money answers everything. Here's what this is saying. A fool cannot find his way to the city. A fool cannot find his way to the place of employment. I'm not talking, I know some of you, man, you might be like in between jobs, you fell on hard times. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the person that just will not go get a job, cannot find a place of employment. A fool is so idle that he curses work, and then simultaneously he will curse money. 
And he says stupid little silly things like this, like money should be avoided. All the while, his roof is sinking in and it's leaking. We have some young married people in here. It's fun. It's a fun time. And I know, like, there's a song the Beatles sang. It's old school. It says, all you need is love, right? That's garbage. If you ever do, if you ever do pre-marriage counsel with me, I'm like, that's bull crap. Don't listen to that song. But then there's like, I, I like Alan Jackson better than, better than uh, the Beatles, right? It's an old country guy. And he'd sing this song. I love it. But it's all you are uh, living on love. Living on like, right? And that's all good. I know you young married. That's all good. But I promise you, fellas, listen to me. Mama has got, she, listen, she, this ain't going to last. Okay? Come talk to me in 10 years and see how living on love is doing. You're going to need some money. You are. Listen. Bread is made for laughter. Wine. Listen, you know what money equals? Bread and wine. Go try to get bread and wine without money. You do it for a little bit, and then they're going to be like, man, go away. You just keep mooching bread and wine off of me. See, money is one of most, the, the most adaptable, flexible gifts of God, actually. Let me stay with you young married people, especially the ones that you, you just got a bunch of wedding gifts, Right? And sometimes those marriage gifts are awesome. We've talked about it. Remember the coffee maker? That's awesome. We want that, right? But sometimes you get wedding gifts. It's like, babe, I don't know what we're going to do with a ravioli former. <laughs> and the answer is no, you're not going to do anything with it. You would have rather had the money. Well, you go, give me a Target gift card. I don't need a ravioli former. Why? Because money is more versatile. Verse 16, woe to you, O land, when your king is a child and your princess feasts in the morning. Happy are you, O land, when your king is a son of nobility and your princess feasts at the proper time for strength and not for drunkenness. You see, wisdom, this is saying this, wisdom understands that there are appropriate times to do things. Listen to me. There is a time for work, and you need to get after it when there's time to work. And there's a time to party, and you need to get after it when it's time to party. Now listen, I'm going to look at the people of God in the eye and tell you this morning, if you're getting drunk, you're wrong. We don't do that, Christians. We don't do that, but we do party. And there's a time for it, and there's a time to work, and there's a time to party. You need to, don't get them mixed up. Wisdom will tell us to do that. Matter of fact, the Bible even says it. He said, woe to you. Now, we got a lot of young people in here. I know you hear that, and you're thinking, like, wait a minute, whoa, right? And that's, and that, that's that thing where you're like, boom, 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 whoa. <laughs> that's not what the Bible's talking about. This dude just woed in cowboy boots on the stage. Welcome to Springfield, Missouri. Hey, when you see this word in the Bible, woe, listen, bad things are going to happen. You better pay attention. Death, despair, destruction. And if you mistime these, when it's time to work, when it's time to play, despair is coming. I have four kids. You got, a lot of you guys know this. I have four kids, and I love them, and they're awesome. But listen, here is when my kids, uh, on their, left on their own, here's when my kids would do their homework and eat healthy. Are you ready? Never. And here, here listen, my kids, here is when they want to go to Chuck E. Cheese and eat Halloween candy. You ready? Every day. Every day. 
Let's go get something to eat. Where are we going? Chuck E. Cheese? No, never. Don't, we're never going to Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know why we ask every day. <laughs> Ever. But listen to me. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Listen to me. Listen to me here. Maybe we just traded Chuck E. Cheese for Midnight Rodeo, huh? And maybe we traded in our Halloween candy for just some happy hours. Woe to you when you mistime those. See, I think Yoda would tell us, young Jedi's youthful irresponsibility is not to be celebrated. I know the world loves it. They love to see a 45-year-old guy talk about how many beers he slammed last week. That's, that's what they like to talk about. That's, that's youthful irresponsibility, and it's foolish. But happy is the land when we do these things at the right time and the right way. Let me end with this. The Bible says this, wisdom is the principal thing. Get it. With all you're getting, go get wisdom. Proverbs 16, 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding, to be chosen rather than silver. We need to get wisdom. How we do this? I'm just going to tell you, here's the good news of the day. We don't have to be fools. And here's our first step. Here's our first step down a path of wisdom, of not being fools, is we look to Jesus and we say these words right here, I am a fool and I need you. That's the first step. A fool says in his heart that there's no God. See, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And Jesus came to this planet and the Bible says this, he was the wisdom of God lived out for us. We get to see what it looks like. And he lived it for us. And then he died for us. And we got to grab hold of that in our first step of wisdom. And listen to me, it makes no sense out there. No sense. Paul knew this. It didn't make sense when Paul was writing to the Corinthians. It doesn't make sense when I'm speaking to Springfieldians in 2020. But it's still true. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Listen to me. Get wisdom. It's a matter of life and death. And it starts with Jesus. And it's Jesus in the middle, and it's Jesus at the end. Get wisdom. Let's pray.